Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, it's Tyler and Matt here. Um, if you don't remember and you're expecting some sort of Michigan recap here at the beginning, you will not find it. Um, that's because we went to two scheduled shows a week. Uh, so we did our Michigan recap on Tuesday, and that podcast is already out. So go listen and download that. Um, and then we're going to do our preview uh, for the for the upcoming games, usually probably for uh, release on Thursday. This is probably when you're listening to it. Um, so make sure to subscribe. And that way you guys are getting some more episodes. But uh, for right now, we're going to focus on, on Northwestern. Matt and I will talk about uh, our, our thoughts about the game. And then we're going to have a guest from Inside NU on at the end of the show. Uh, Noah Kaufman is going to join us to give his thoughts on, on what's going on with Northwestern. But uh, Matt, coming into this game, obviously Northwestern 1-2. and two, uh, A little bit of struggle so far for them, especially on the offensive side of the ball. What are your what are your initial thoughts on the Wildcats? You know, I think uh, last year, obviously, they won the West Division. I think that was possibly kind of fluky in some aspects. They they had some talented playmakers, but at the same time, the the schedule broke right for them. They started off really slow at the gates, losing three of their first four and then kind of just rattled from there. Um, and it's similar in how they've done so far, you know, losing their opener, only beating UNLV and then losing to Michigan state. So I know they're going to try to get back on track, but I think as of right now, they just are trying to figure out answers on offense. Uh, did you happen to see, uh, Pat Fitzgerald's, uh, press conference and where he was talking about Twitter and whatnot? Yeah, I did. I was actually going to ask. I'm going to ask Noah about that later in the show. On uh, one of my questions for him is, is why Pat Fitzgerald hates technology so much. So I'll see what he <laughs> says to that. But yeah, he is. I mean, he's a character. He was like that at Big Ten Media Days, and I was down there too. He, he just he was talking about guys not looking up from their phones and how babies are now getting bumps on the back of their head because they keep looking at phones. And I was like, I don't know what this guy's spewing on him. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, from a football standpoint, they, they have really struggled. I mean, I, I was looking at the schedule from them last year. I had no idea that they lost to Akron uh, early in the year. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I, I remember that. And then it's one of those things that it just kind of just brushed past it. But man, oh man, they came out really slow last year and then kind of turned it back around. And it was like that the year before that, too. So, I mean, they definitely are a team that if they're make they try to minimize mistakes. But this year, you know, Hunter Johnson has already thrown four picks. Aiden Smith, who's been in there and a little work, has also thrown two interceptions and they've had a bunch of fumbles and they ha- they just haven't been very efficient on offense, which is, I think, where the bulk of their struggles are happening. Yeah, I mean, right now they're ranking. I mean, I was looking at the I always look at, you know, I'm a big stats, you know, rankings in certain categories and they're they're 121st in total offense, but only 48th in total defense. So, I, I mean, that's pretty drastic between where you can see they're clearly, you know, things are still working on the defense side of the ball, probably not as good as Northwestern wants it to work. But on offense, man, I mean, they're one spot ahead of, of UMass. You know, UMass is 122, and they might be the worst team in college football that I've seen in quite some time. So to, to be around there, it's clear that, yeah, their struggles are, are big time uh, on that side of the football. You know, I think they're really missing uh, 
Clayton Thorson from that team last year. I think he was, you know, a big cog that made them to made them, you know, work. And obviously it just it just hasn't been replaced yet. At least that's what I've I can tell and can see. I haven't caught a lot of their games. I don't know if you have you seen any of Northwestern really other than some highlights or anything? I watched a little bit of that opener against Stanford, but mm-hmm. it was hard to stomach. I just eventually just returned to doing other things because I was like, oh boy. But I mean, like you were saying, in total offense, they're 121st. In scoring offense, they're 128th. Both of those are last in the Big Ten. Their passing efficiency and passing offense is also last in the Big Ten. And their passing efficiency is 130th. I can't remember the exact number of teams in Division One football, but it's got to be right about there. Yeah, 130 of 130, from what I understand. So that's, I mean, that just shows that there's a glaring problem there. And, you know, you normally you'd look at their schedule and see see Stanford and Michigan State on there and think, oh, they've ran into some buzzsaw defenses. But Stanford is not the normal Stanford. And they didn't, I, the only game I saw a little bit of was that UNLV game. And they looked they looked awful against them, too. And they still won, you know, by, by two scores. So uh overall this team is just uh just struggling mightily on the offensive side of the ball so they they get wisconsin they, their schedule doesn't get any easier for them they've got wisconsin um i want to say they have uh ohio state coming up and i want to say they have iowa okay so i've got it right here so and nebraska got, yeah they've got nebraska ohio state and iowa it, after Wisconsin's uh, definitely a murderer's row for them where things could get off the rail and you know they get the number eight Badgers first uh, the game is at 11 on ABC I believe and just give you guys a little info on on all that but the the other big talking point coming into this game was the uniforms I know the Wisconsin players are really excited about it um, I haven't seen Northwestern's too much I've seen a lot of the Badger stuff obviously on Twitter how do you feel about them do you like them do you not like them what are your what are your thoughts on those I think the helmets are legit. I like those. They look pretty cool. Um, I know the players are all jazzed about it. They have made a a big talking point. Uh, Even earlier in the year, you know, UW threw out the video of the players' reaction and everything. Um, I think the jerseys are fine. I think the pants are pretty meh. Um, You know, I'm not a big tan person in terms of, like, football pants. Like, I don't like the Packers old Acme pants and that Mm. either. Um, but I do know that Jonathan Taylor quickly went to Twitter to defend the pants. So, um, you know, what are what are your thoughts on the on the uniforms coming into yeah, it? I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I think we'll have to see what it actually looks like on the field because, like like you said, those tan pants. I've never liked them on on the Packers when they've worn them. I don't think any team can really pull them off. Um, like I, I think of like the Pittsburgh Steelers with those bumblebee and then the tan pants. Like just it just doesn't seem to work. I do like the helmets though. Um, I like the uniforms and I, I, I just like that the Badgers are wearing something different for once. They're never going to wear anything flashy or really new. You know, when they first came out, they were getting a lot of criticism, but I kind of said that I was like, it's, it's Wisconsin here. They're not going to wear, you know, some flashy Nike or un, obviously Under Armour, but it's not some flashy uniform like you're going to see from an Oregon or teams like that. But overall, I, I think I like them and you know, like you, you alluded to, it gives the players some excitement, which all that really matters. 
um, because you want them to come out fired up and, and give them an extra, you know, maybe a little motivation because they get to wear new uniforms. It's a big thing for college athletes. And I think it helps because I'm not sure, you know, I think some people are kind of seeing this game as a, an area where the Badgers could come out a little flat after their exciting you know, win over Michigan. Do you worry about that at all? Do you think Wisconsin has, as you know, any chance of, of coming out and, and being sloppy or, or, kind of still focused a little bit on last week? Or do you think that's that's just kind of something that, that people are trying to stir up? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have too many concerns about them coming out uh, sluggish. I think because of Chris Orr, he's, he is able to find every little thing that people are saying to kind of grasp onto and really fire up the team uh, as, a, as a vocal leader. And I think another big key point is it's not like the Badgers have a huge test next week um, I, with Kent state, I wouldn't say that it's, you know, that it's, they can totally look past Northwestern, but they're, they're going to focus on that game because they know the week after that, that's when you can probably coast a little bit. Um, so I think, you know, new uniforms and, and coming off that big win, the loss last year, you know, it, it was ugly at times last year. I think that'll really help to, to make the team fired up and ready to play because that is really uh, a big aspect when you play those games. But luckily it's not in Evanston where it's usually just a horror show. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. That's what we, like we talked about that a little bit on Tuesday's show where if this game was, was at Northwestern at 11 AM where you're off the bus and sleeping and there's nobody in the crowd, that would be, I would be up all week, you know, worrying about it. And I'm not even on the team. So <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is about at Northwestern that gives them so many struggles. But like you said, Northwestern's beat Wisconsin, uh, I believe, three of the last five times. It's not like it's not like you can take them lightly. Yeah, they've started out slow out of the gate. Uh, but this is still a team that's had had their number a little bit. So I don't expect the Badgers to come out flat. I could see this game kind of being not flat. And, you know, I, I've kind of said it. I think it's going to be a game where. The Badgers always have it in hand, but they never really pull away and blow them out. That's just kind of how it always goes with Northwestern, in, in my opinion. But no, I don't really worry at all if they'll come out flat. Like you said, Chris Orr is, is a good leader, and they've got good leaders on this team. And obviously last year has caused some caused some more refocus, I think, on on every game matters. And like you said, if they can get through this one, I, I, would, I would hope they'd handle Woody Barrett and Kent State and Sean Lewis that way. And then... Then you go, you know, you're undefeated going into Michigan State, which a lot of people didn't really expect. So I think it'll be I think it'll be huge for Wisconsin to come out focused and, and take care of business this game. Getting into the actual football part of it, you know, there's a lot of things that you can focus on in this game. What is what is maybe a key aspect that you're focusing on on, on what the Badgers need to do to come away with a victory on Saturday? I think it to me, it's all gonna come come if Wisconsin plays their game. And doesn't turn the ball over. Wisconsin has has been amazing in the turnover margin. You know, Jack Cohn has yet to throw an interception. Uh, Wisconsin is ranked second in the nation with a, a plus two turnover margin, first in the Big Ten. Uh, and that wasn't the case last year against uh, against Northwestern. They they had multiple fumbles. Jonathan Taylor lost two. Jack Cohn had that like crazy one near the goal line. Um, you know, it just was a nightmare last year. And I think Wisconsin, if they can limit that, if they can limit uh, giving easy points away, giving away extra possessions to Northwestern, they'll be fine. Uh, what, uh, what aspect are you really going to be focusing on? Yeah, mine's kind of, mine's kind of the same thing. You know, obviously last year, the 
everybody struggled against Northwestern. And obviously JT had one of his worst career games, and he put the ball on the turf twice. So I think that'll be a big key on defense. I think they've really got a key again on the run. I think they're a lot similar to, uh, you know, they're not they're not as talented as Michigan, obviously, but they've had some of the same struggles that Michigan has where they, they haven't thrown the ball well. Obviously, even more magnified in Northwestern's case. But they've still ran it okay, and you know, obviously Michigan didn't run the ball well last week uh, against Wisconsin. But overall, but up until that, that was the the focal point of their offense. So I think I think keying on the run and making them try and beat you through the air is going to be something you have to do. And then you know, obviously I don't. It could be any 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 you know pick of the quarterbacks. It could be one, two, or three. They've they've rotated them in, and I don't think any guy has has pulled away at all. So I I think just more so focusing on that coming out strong and like you said taking care of the football and kind of getting Jonathan Taylor going like I said he's fumbled twice in this in the game last year and overall he struggled with it and that kind of brings me to my next question you know with with JT he he's been held under 100 yards only five times in his career and Northwestern's done it twice including the probably his worst game ever last year is is there anything that you see that that screams why JT has struggled so much against the Wildcats at all I I I know for a fact that uh Mike Hankwitz their defensive coordinator I mean he used to be a guy on uh the staff back in the day I think it was like 06 07 time somewhere or I mean yeah 2006 2007 or so um so I think you know he kind of knows some of the schemes that the Badgers use and and what they do um but I think the big thing is that Northwestern really plays gap sound you know Pat Fitzgerald former linebacker really dives deep into teaching those players to kind of stick with their gaps like I said they really are a team that tries to minimize mistakes minimize everything almost at just as much as Wisconsin, you know, they're kind of similar in that way. So I think uh, just they play really gap sound. They've got a good set of linebackers and they usually have a solid scheme. And then it, and then obviously part of it is just, you know, JT, when it was the last game, it was the fumbles, those two fumbles. And it was just, they got really gun shy with them after that and kind of gave them a, uh, John Settle grabbed them off to the side and just kind of made them sit for a little bit um, because of it. So I think that's part of it as well. Um, what do you think's uh, the reason for the struggles? Yeah, I think it's I think it's part of I think firstly you have to give some credit to Pat Fitzgerald. Like you said, he's a former linebacker and he's an excellent coach. I know um, he's had some success at Northwestern, obviously, but that's that's a really hard program to win at, um, especially in football, because it's so hard to get you know guys in there and meet the academic standards of Northwestern's and of Northwestern and you know, compete on the football field. So it is a hard program to win at, and I think he's an excellent X and O's coach. You know, I, I think if he got pride away ever, but you know, any program would be would be lucky to have him. And it's kind of surprising to me that you know he's been so glued to Northwestern because I obviously I think a lot of programs would would be going after a coach of his caliber. But like you said, I, they're just they're just disciplined. They they like you said are sound. You know, they play their gaps well. They they know their assignments and they don't waver from that. And usually if you do that in college football, you're going to be successful, you know, a large part of the time. Sometimes you're just outclassed with, with athletes like against the Ohio States, like you saw in the in the Big Ten championship last year. But overall, like you said, they're just play. They play discipline. They they're Northwestern. They're just a team that that is focused on the attention to detail, similar to Wisconsin. I don't think there's a huge amount of 
differences between these two, especially on, you know, on the offensive styles and the defensive styles. I, I think overall they just are, are focused that way, and it, and it really helps them uh, do more with less, kind of kind of like the Badgers. Going off of the offense, switching over to the defense, obviously the, the Badgers are going to be without Reggie Pearsons and Eric Burrell in the first half, which makes the secondary a little thin. And I haven't heard an update on Madison Cohen. I know he was on their injury report. Have you seen anything more on him? No, they haven't came out and said anything yet, okay. you know, maybe tomorrow. Um, but as of right now, he's still questionable. And I'm still not sure if he would even be the guy at safety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. And thankfully, obviously, we, like we talked about earlier, Northwestern has not thrown the ball well at all. They, they've really struggled in that segment of their offense. But overall, what do you... What, how does the defense approach, you know, being without you know, two key guys? Eric Burrell's played incredibly well, and I think Reggie Pearson is, is an underrated player on the defense. So how do you think that the defense approaches, you know, being without them? Yeah, I think, I think we got a glimpse of it in the second half of that Michigan game where when they went to nickel, before it was either Madison Cohn or they had, when Scott Nelson was there, they had Reggie Pearson in the nickel. So I think there you're going to see a lot less of the three safety look, more of Rashad Wild Goose in the nickel, which I think is uh, his best spot. Uh, he mm-hmm. does a great job in there usually. Um, but I also think, you know, obviously Colin Wilder has played well. He's, he's a good player. He's a former teammate with a couple guys on uh, Northwestern's defense as well. So I'm sure he'll be jacked for the game. But then I think I think the guy to watch is going to be John Torchio. He got a pick last game. He's he's a guy when I talked to Mikey Mascalunas, he had raved about him saying, you know, he's a walk on who could be playing Division one football somewhere else. He had uh, taken an official visit and was offered a scholarship to go to Cal, but then turned it down to walk on at Wisconsin. So it's not like he's a guy who is, you know, out of place. He's he's got the talent. So I think if if Madison Cohn isn't full health. I think Torchio will be the guy with uh, Wilder for that first half. And then obviously those two will pop in right away. I think they're, those are the obvious two starters in Burrell and Pearson. Um, do you, do you have any idea of what you think they might do? Yeah, I think I'm, you know, I'm right up the same alley. I think they're just really going to just tread water with the guys that they've got in the first half and, and just, you know, have the best 11 out there in whatever set they need to. And like you said, with wild goose, I think that's probably the, the main thing that they're going to go with. Um, and I think that that should work. It's not like, you know, if they were f- facing uh, Ohio State this upcoming week and you had to defend against the run option and the, and some deep throws with the safeties, I would say, oh, boy, you know, hang on. This is going to get this is going to get rough. But it is Northwestern. And while obviously eventually their offense probably has to find some some sort of momentum, you, you don't usually struggle this long. If you're if you're Northwestern, eventually they'll figure some stuff out like they have the past two seasons as they you know got down the road. But you know, overall, I'm not too worried about it. You know, I think I think they'll just kind of, like I said, tread water with with the guys they got, and uh, you know, hope once, yeah, you know, like you said, once Burrell and, and Pearson are back, obviously they'll they'll be right in there, and hopefully by then, you know, they're not missing a beat and they're still uh, still keeping that in the ballpark and, and nothing to worry about that way. That's all I really have for preview, and obviously we're gonna dive you know more into the. The, the depth of Northwestern and what's kind of going on with Noah later in the show. Uh, but Matt, before you know, you and I wrap up our part, we obviously do final score predictions. That's something we've done 
each week. So, Matt, without further ado, what are you thinking uh, for the Badgers in this game? What do you think is the final score and, and the result, if you think the Badgers are possibly on upset alert? You know, I did a I did a Q&A with Noah, actually, yesterday that he dropped uh, today. But And I in that, I said 30 to, to 13. Um, but at the same time, I, I have a little bit more confidence, Badgers. I'm going to go I'm going to go 38, 13, um, bounce it up just a, a smidge. I think the Badgers defense is just too good against the run. And Northwestern's been decent on the ground, but has really struggled through the air. So I think the defense will hold. And I think the Badger offense is better this year than it has been uh, the past few years when they've when they've struggled against Northwestern. So I think they'll pull away. Uh, it might be like a crockpot type game where you know it's it's not super pretty early for the first half but that they pull away in the second half is my guess uh what do you what do you got i've been i've been kind of kicking it back and forth and maybe it's just the gambler sports better and me but i i have kind of thought the northwestern for some for whatever reason i i thought they'd keep it within the spread right now it's a 25 I think you're i think they're paying a little bit of a tax uh if you're betting on wisconsin uh, this week. So I, I kind of went back and forth right now. I have it as like a, like a 27, 10 is what I thought. I don't think it'll ever feel that close. I think maybe Northwestern scores late or, or they convert something and, and get some points on the board. So I could see a 27, 13. So wherever that spread ends up is, is going to be, I think it's going to be pretty close to that. I think in my betting preview, which will come out Friday, there'll, there'll be some nice nuggets that kind of tell you guys which side you should go with. I'm not going to reveal that yet. Um, but uh, I've got it. I've got it like 27, 13, 27, 10. Kind of an ugly game. I think the Badgers will run the ball a lot in the first half to to, to run the clock and, and make sure they don't have any gaps on defense. So uh, I'm going to go with that. 27, 13. But the Badgers, you know, have it in hand. But it's a little closer than I think than I think people would hope for. Obviously, both of us have Wisconsin winning, and uh, obviously we hope that's the case. But overall, that's our that's our Northwestern preview, and we'll dive into it more with Noah in a little bit here. Any final thoughts on on the Wildcats, Matt, or anything you're looking forward to uh, in, in anywhere else in college football? Um, well, one quick thing is it'll be – this game will be a – like a, a buster in terms of the spread because Wisconsin's beat the spread all three times while Northwestern hasn't all three times. So mm-hmm. we'll see kind of what happens with that. But, um, you know, I think, I think the, the slate is decent this weekend. Tomorrow, the, the preview, the weekly viewing guide that I write will be up, but the games aren't as good as last week. Uh, this weekend, there's actually some decent ones on Friday, but I, I'm the only game really that I wanted to keep an eye on this weekend was the, uh, Virginia Notre Dame game in the USC Washington game. I think those ones are actually pretty good ones in the early uh, the early afternoon window. Yeah, the, those uh, ones those ones look big really ten, good. And games are later. Yeah, yeah. I know Purdue and Minnesota was one I had circled. I think that could be interesting. I think Minnesota has gotten lucky each of the couple weeks. And then uh, other than that, I know Iowa State Baylor's this weekend. I've always thought that game was going to be interesting, but obviously Iowa State has that bad loss. Yeah, not bad loss, but the way they lost, I should say. And then, of course, you've got the maybe the worst two teams in college football squaring off in uh, UMass and Akron. So if you like ugly football, you can head over to flowsports.com and, and watch the, <laughs> watch that game. But yeah, like you said, not a, not a great slate, um, but it's still college football and it'll be entertaining. So uh, well, we're going to wrap up here, and then uh, after a quick couple ad reads, we're going to hop over to, to Noah Kaufman. He's 
the editor in chief uh, for Inside NU, and he'll give us uh, some further deeper details into uh, how the Wildcats have done this season and, and what he expects on Saturday. All right, everyone, and I am now joined by Noah Kaufman of Inside NU, uh, the editor in chief over there with SB Nation's site similar to Bucky's Fifth Quarter, Inside NU. So go ahead and uh, check them out if you're looking for more coverage of the game this weekend. Uh, but firstly, Noah, thanks for joining the show. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm well. How about you? I can't complain. Uh, ready for uh, an exciting matchup. These two teams always always play each other well. Um, you know, Northwestern got the best of Wisconsin last year, so it'll be uh, it'll be exciting. And But I'm, I'm very glad this game is at Camp Randall and not at Evanston, because we always seem to struggle even worse uh, when we're on the road against you guys. Yeah, seems that way. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You guys got that 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 special Evanston 11 a.m. magic that that yeah, always exactly. seems to work. Yeah, exactly. Full stadium magic. <laughs> uh, exactly. Okay. Well, my first question is why why does Pat Fitzgerald uh, hate technology so much? This is like the third time I've seen something about him, you know, hating phones. Is there is there any reason why? Well, the reason is because, as you know, as soon as you become a football coach, you immediately turn 70 years old. No. <laughs> I have to credit that to David Roth from from Deadspin, who wrote an article about this uh, latest Pat Fitzgerald thing. But yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, he's a football coach. Football coaches are always going to complain about stuff like that. Always going to be complaining about the youths, you know. And <laughs> Fitz being a more, you know, he, he's he's not exactly Paul Christ. He's not just stone-faced, just, you know, saying exactly. coach speak the entire time. He wants to be, kind of get get everybody involved in his, in his uh, media availability, so... He's got to be that get-off-my-lawn guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Pat Fitzgerald, to me, seems like the definition of a football guy. Just pure, pure, 100% football guy. <laughs> Getting into the game here, obviously, the, the Northwestern struggled a little bit out of the gate, and, and that's kind of a, a thing that's happened the past couple of years. Obviously, you look at uh, 2018, they had that tough loss to Akron early, and uh, I think that was Duke in, in Week 2, and then uh, Michigan State maybe after that. Or no, you guys beat Michigan State last year, but... Um, you know, just it always seemed like the last couple of years that the Wildcats have struggled a little bit out of the gate. Is there any in particular reason why or anything that you see as someone who's around the program as to as to why it seems to start a little slow, but but finish strong? Well, we ask Fitz every year and every year he says it's a little bit different uh, this year. So uh, so according to him, there's certainly no continuous reason um, and to be honest, I couldn't tell you what it is. You know, there have been a lot of theories from that Northwestern starts school later. Uh, this is our first week of classes because of the quarter system. There's theories that it's a lot. There's there's lots of theories, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense given that, you know, Fitz has been the coach for a while now, for over a decade. And for the first 11 or so seasons, he started off with hot in September. He used to be known for being a September coach. Hard to Hard to kind of remember that now that the past four years have been so bad, but the, the narrative used to be that Fitz would struggle in October coming out of September, and now that narrative is completely reversed. So I don't really think there's any cohere, cohesive across-season reason for it, but it's definitely something that needs to get fixed. I mean, besides the obvious reasons of just not being prepared enough, you know, not being ready enough to go, it's clearly something that needs to be fixed, but there's, I, there's no, there's no all-encompassing reason, if that, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. And if there was, you know, I think you guys would obviously be pinpointing it and, you know, be making adjustments to fix that because Pat Fitzgerald, like I've said on this on our show before, is is one of the, you know, one of the best coaches in the conference, in my opinion. I, I think he's excellent. And obviously Northwestern, I think, is, is it's been huge to keep a, a guy like that. Um, I guess one of the struggles out of the gate for you guys from from what I've seen and, and I'll 
be the first to admit, I haven't seen a lot of Northwestern. I caught a little bit of the Stanford game, and, and I think I saw maybe a couple plays from the UNLB game, but I have not watched a lot of in-depth. But I've looking at the stat sheet, it, it looks like there's been some struggle at quarterback. So can you kind of give me a, or give our listeners kind of a background of what's going on and, and maybe who the Badgers should expect to see and, and maybe what are the strengths uh, of his game as, as they uh, take the field on Saturday? Well, it'll be Hunter Johnson again, and this it's been an interesting situation for this team. You know, you, you, you kind of put your finger on one of the main issues. Uh, it looks, I will say the stats look a little bit worse than it's been for the most part, but this team started Clayton Thorson for four straight years. You know, Clayton Thorson, never the best quarterback in the Big Ten, but consistent enough to get you wins, certainly, and now off to the NFL. Uh, he's on the Cowboys practice squad right now. Um and, and you move on from a four-year starter, there's always going to be some growing pains. But but fans weren't really expecting growing pains. With Hunter Johnson coming in, you know, the five-star transfer from Clemson, probably the most talented quarterback the Northwestern has ever had, at least since Otto Graham, really, uh, all the way back in the 50s. Well, he played at Northwestern in the 40s. But, but you know, Hunter Johnson, you can see why he's a five-star. He's got all the arm talent and the, and the speed of a five-star quarterback uh, and the touch. But he hasn't quite been able to put it together so far. And it was interesting, you know, in the first game of the season – you know, all, all through the summer and the fall, people were talking about how it was a quarterback competition between Hunter Johnson and redshirt senior T.J. Green, Trent Green's son, who was a walk-on. Uh, and, and people, Northwestern fans weren't really believing it, but they split time in the first game, with, which, uh, which, was, which was interesting. But then Green got hurt uh, after looking pretty good in, in just his second drive of the game, and he's out for the year. So now it's all Hunter Johnson. There's no second option. I mean, Aiden Smith, you know, that's where you're talking about with the quarterback situation. He came in in the fourth quarter against Michigan State. Uh, but that was not a, a replacement by any means. Smith went on sure. to throw two quick interceptions. You know, he's not – I don't really understand completely why Pat Fitzgerald did that other than maybe to avoid injuries because he thought the game was out of hand, although that's certainly not what he said to the media. But it makes the most sense. But Aiden Smith is not your quarterback of the future. It's Hunter Johnson. And and the issues – you talk about the issues of the passing game. You know, he's had his moments. He's had He had a 50-yard touchdown against UNLV that looked really pretty. He's had some very solid – medium deep completions and he's clearly shown an ability to use his legs it, it, the run game with hunter johnson behind under center is much better the quarterback run game i should say than it was with thorsten he's just quicker he knows how to use his feet but the throws have been really inconsistent you know he 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 has hit some really nice plays he's had some really bad drops the receiving core has got to get their stuff together he's also made a couple of really unfortunate overthrows and the few mistakes he has made have been in really bad spots going in uh, in in end of half situations or in red zone situations and just making throws that you can't make, uh, just just mental mistakes that you can't have. At the same time, this northwestern this northwestern offense has never has for for five ten five six years now really has not been very good and 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 you can't really pin that on Hunter Johnson. I, I, I would say, you know, the, the play calling hasn't really evolved recently for this team uh, with Mick McCall as the offensive coordinator. They run a lot of the same stuff in the passing game uh, and and people are starting to figure it out. Uh, it's, it's no secret. So the reason Hunter Johnson went 15 for 26 for 88 yards and a pick, part of it against Michigan State, that's his line. Part of it is because, you know, he he struggled. He didn't hit some of the throws he should have hit. But at the same time, if you're completing 15 passes for 88 yards, that means there's not enough chances being taken down the field. And maybe Johnson's just turning off all of his downfield reads. I don't really believe that. I think this team needs to take more deep chances. He needs to stretch the field more because if all you throw is five-yard crossing routes and the occasional deep out, teams are going to be all over you. Yeah, that's interesting to know because obviously the the Badgers are uh, you know struggling to you know they've got two safeties out in Eric Burrell and Reggie Pearson, so they'll have some guys. Yeah. Right? 
Scott, yep. Yeah. yep, Scott Nelson's out for the year. He was yeah. uh, he was one of the starting positions, and Burrell has filled in there nicely. But you know, without the first, the first half, though, right? The, the yeah. Two, it's yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Both out in the first half for targeting. So it'd be interesting to see. You know, if you guys open it yeah. up and and take some shots, this is probably the time to do it. You know, uh, going at those guys yeah. that are that are young that exactly. way. So this is the perfect. If you're not going to take shots in this situation, I don't know when you're going to do it. Okay. Interesting. That's that's a good thing to know. You know, I, I hadn't looked at the yardage and and thought about that. That you know, maybe it's just a, a, an aspect of maybe it hasn't looked as as bad as the stats say. And obviously, that's why we we bring guys who are close to the program on, so you know, it can give some insight to Wisconsin fans that way. And you know, going off of that on the offense, you you, you talked about the running game. You know, with with Hunter Johnson. Um, and obviously that sounds like it, it's a key piece uh, to this offense, but also their running backs uh, for you guys look like on paper that they've had a pretty solid season. Each each guy in the stable of Northwestern backs is, is averaging more than four yards a carry. Um, so is that kind of where the offense has leaned on and, and will will try to lean on uh, in, in this game against Wisconsin? Yeah, again, this is a case where stats don't tell the full story. I've certainly been pleased overall with the running backs' performance so far. Uh, But Drake Anderson, who is, uh, I believe, the leading rusher by yards on the team so far, got a lot of those yards in garbage time against Michigan State uh, when the game was fully decided. That's when he got his touchdown against Michigan State as well. Now, he had a very good game against UNLV. And so did Jesse Brown with Isaiah Bowser out for that game. Bowser, the lead back, the, the bell cow back for this team. Uh, but at the same time, again, the, those those yardage numbers aren't exactly telling the whole story. But I will say that all three of those guys offer a very different dimension out of the backfield. You know, Bowser was the guy against Wisconsin last year. They gave it to him 34 times for 117 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and he is that workhorse guy, a big dude, a bowling ball out of that backfield, uh, well over 200 pounds. Uh, true sophomore who who's just going to try to run guys over and he's going to take his short gains. He's got a little bit of finesse with him as well. He can make a couple dudes miss, uh, but he is that back who you're just going to hand the ball to over and over again. Um, and then Anderson, much smaller guy, uh, son of former Northwestern uh, legend at running back Damian Anderson. And he's come onto the scene this year in his red shirt freshman year uh, as, as sort of that change of pace guy, you know, more like a Justin Jackson uh, but but even smaller than Justin Jackson really doesn't have much physicality whatsoever, uh, but but has has the, very much the ability to make people miss in the hole uh, so that that he has that ability there. And then Jesse Brown, more of your third down back pass catcher, uh, pass blocker. It's really good to have the versatility of all three of those guys. And it's it's one of the deeper running back stables Northwestern's had in a while, even when they had Justin Jackson here. The depth behind him wasn't always that good. So it's definitely looking solid in that regard. The only problem for this Northwestern team is that they still have to have the, that offensive line block ahead of them. And before garbage time against Michigan State, the offensive line wasn't doing it. Now, it's easy to say, it's easy to blame the offensive line going up against Michigan State, probably the best run defense in the country. Um, but at the same time, this is a young group up front in the offensive line, three new starters this season. It's never been a team strength for Northwestern. Uh, and it's definitely something they have to work on. If they don't beat Wisconsin at the point of attack, and, and they're a tough team to beat at the point of attack, obviously, uh, it doesn't really matter how good your running backs are. Great insight here uh, from Noah You know, on the Northwestern offense. Um, we're going to dive into the, the Northwestern defense. Before that, we're going to go to a quick ad read, and then we'll dive into uh, some Northwestern defensive stuff. And then, of course, uh, maybe ask Noah what Northwestern will need to do uh, to pull off an upset here. I know Wisconsin fans won't want to hear it, but it's always good to note. Uh, so we'll be right back after a quick ad. All right, and it's time to talk about the Northwestern defense. Uh, we've t- we've touched on the offense and what's going on with them this year. 
Uh, no, the defense has still looked pretty solid. Um, you know, I was looking at the numbers, 48th in total defense, which is, is still in the upper echelon of college football. Um, but I'm sure probably not exactly where Northwestern wants to be because usually their defense is pretty tough. Uh, but overall, they've looked pretty good. What's kind of been the, the strength of that unit uh, in 2019? Yeah, they're, they're, they've definitely been solid. You know, it's tough because last year's team was top 20 in total defense uh, and top 20 in SP plus defense. Now they're down to 48th, like you said, and 33rd in SP plus, which, you know, not a huge drop. But but when coupled with the offense, uh, with the offense's failings, certainly doesn't look good. So it's easy to sort of criticize that group. But like you said, they've been solid overall. You know, this got a, a group with a lot of veteran guys. Uh, you know, you look up front, they're, they're returning the, uh, everybody at defensive end. They, they lost both their starting defensive tackles from last season, uh, but they've replaced them. Alex Miller, Trevor Kent, two veteran guys in the program who have looked at least solid so far, although not winning their battles the way Jordan Thompson was last year and Tyler Lancaster the year before him. On the outside, though, at, at, at defensive end is where is really where that defensive line gets going. Joe Gaziano, one of, if not the best pass rusher in the Big Ten. People don't really talk about him that much, uh, but but this guy gets it done. 23 and a half sacks in his career now, uh, and he is just so consistent from that defensive end spot. Um, last week, he picked up another sack against Brian Lewerke. That made it four straight years for the sack of Lewerke. That's just how consistent he is. Every season he's played against Lewerke, he's sacked him. So Gaziano certainly the guy to watch on that defensive end spot. But they've also got guys, Sam Duke Miller uh, and Ernest Brown, who are very capable of rushing the passer as well. Now at linebacker, you know, when you when you look at this team, it looked like coming into the season their strength defensively would be the linebacking position. Those guys have fallen off a little bit. You know, Patty Fisher is the name that most people know when it comes mm-hmm. to the Northwestern defense. Uh, one of the better linebackers in the country for his first two seasons with this program playing. Now in his redshirt junior year, he's he's looked a little bit better. Um, he, he's looked a little bit worse, I should say. But but that's easy to say because of how good he was the past two seasons. He's still done his job in that middle linebacker spot. The real disappointment has been Blake Gallagher uh, and Chris Bergen as the two outside guys, especially Gallagher, who led the team in tackles last season, has just let his tackling slip a little bit. And that extends to the secondary as well, uh, where this team has, because they, they, they haven't dominated at the point of attack, I mentioned those defensive tackle replacements against the run uh, the way they've done in, in, in seasons past. It's put a little bit more pressure on the on the back seven, if you will, the linebackers and the secondary to make some open field plays in the run game. And they've struggled a little bit to do that. Allowed Michigan State and Elijah mm-hmm. Collins to rip off some some consistently solid runs against them. UNLV had some huge plays uh, with with their running back, Charles Williams. And obviously neither of those guys is even remotely near Jonathan Taylor. So if that problem continues, the Wildcats are going to have a tough time, even though this has been a team that in previous seasons has shut down Taylor really more than anybody else in the country. Yeah, and that was actually going to be, you know, my next question. I was looking at Jonathan Taylor's numbers, and I remembered last year's game, and, and then I looked at 2017, and it, you know, Jonathan Taylor's only been held under 100 yards five times in his career, and two times uh, it's been against Northwestern. And you know, the Wildcats have been the only team to be able to consistently slow him down, um, especially last year with the fumbles. Is there anything in particular that that the Northwestern tries to do or or has done in the past that that's really slowed? Jonathan down in those two games well especially last year they just sold out against the run because that was Jack Cohen's first start I don't know if you remember that but mm-hmm. they just dared him to throw the ball and for the most part it worked you know he just wasn't I'm not gonna say wasn't ready but but really wasn't that ready for that you know it's the first start of his career against against a very solid Northwestern defense so if you just stack boxes you know it makes it a lot easier you know Taylor obviously has beaten stacked boxes in the past he deals with it all the time but 
it makes it easier to deal with Jonathan Taylor. I think it's fair to say. So that certainly helps. And even though Cohen's looked better, I think they're still going to keep stacking the box. So they're going to put guys in there. They're going to they're going to use those big fronts um, and just kind of dare Wisconsin to throw over the top on them. And I think that if 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 that connection with Quintez Cephas continues to uh, look the way it's looked over the past couple of weeks, Wisconsin's going to be able to successfully do that. I mean, uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about the Northwestern secondary now. If you want me to do that, absolutely. Um, if you got a, if you got a tidbit you want to add in there, feel free. Yeah, so this team, it, the big, the huge question for Northwestern going into this game is, will Trey Williams play? Uh, senior starting cornerback, he's one of the captains on this team. He's not the best cornerback you'll see, but he's got a lot of experience in this defensive system. He knows what he's doing in there. So with him out uh, last week, uh, Lewerke was really able to work on third cornerback A.J. Hampton, who came in across from true sophomore Greg Newsom. Greg Newsom has been very solid in his first two seasons of Big Ten football. He looks like a future star at the cornerback position, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, as Big Ten fans well know, if you only have one good cornerback, it doesn't really matter because that other one can just get picked on. Northwestern plays a, a pretty man-heavy scheme, so if, if that other corner isn't up to snuff and A.J. Hampton wasn't last week, they're going to get picked on. Um, Travis Willick and J.R. Pace at safety are very solid guys who are capable of guarding tight ends, but but again, if Northwestern's not doubling at the line and not playing zone, um, it's easy for, for receivers to, to get by a, a lackluster cornerback. Now, I think that there's a decent chance that if Williams doesn't play, they try to have Newsom shadow Cephas across the field, and that's going to be a really interesting matchup and one that Northwestern needs to win. But if Hampton gets put in a negative match with Cephas or another receiver, um, it's going to be an issue. And, and you know, Williams is is no star, but if he comes back, at least he provides a little bit of stability to that back end. It's a Northwestern pass defense that isn't the greatest even at full strength, and when they lose a guy, it makes it even worse. Sure. So from what I'm gathering, you know, it sounds like, you know, if, you, if you're a Wisconsin fan and you're looking at it from the outside, you probably see one and two, but, you know, I think the theme of our conversation tonight has been that the numbers are a little bit misleading and things maybe haven't been as as bleak as as they look on the stat sheet. So well, it, in some in some regards they haven't been as bleak. In, in other sure. words, you know the fact that the stats look so bad, even though it seemed like some of these players had played better, uh, in some ways to me almost is worse because it shows that even when these players are playing decently, they can't really take advantage of that good play. And. I guess going off of that, you know, this this game, you know, preseason, it looked like this would be one something that could decide the West title, and obviously it still could. Um, but obviously Wisconsin has came out of the gates, you know, firing on all cylinders. Northwestern has stumbled out of the gates. But yeah. what do you think overall is is what Northwestern needs to do uh, to to pull off an upset here? I'll preface this by saying I don't think Northwestern is going to win. I, I don't I don't think they have a very good chance at all. Um, I'll be up there. Um, <clears throat> but I do not think the Wildcats really have even a, a chance to pull it off, you know, but even as I, I, they have a small chance, obviously you always have a chance in football. That's the glory. Sure. That's a glorious nature of football. You always got a shot, but, but it's not close to likely. I think even I can say that if they want to win this game, first of all, they have to slow it down. You know, Wisconsin is typically the team that wants to slow games down. You know, they want to pound away at you with Taylor, shorten things up. Uh, but but this Wisconsin team is just better than Northwestern at virtually every position. So if the Wildcats want to win this game, you've got to keep it to a smaller amount of possessions, and then it's only a few plays that decide the game. Uh, if you, if you speed it up a little bit, uh, kind of kind of let the game move a little bit quicker, Wisconsin's able to just kind of run over you with with the better players that they have at most of these spots. 
So that's kind of the, the blueprint for any upset is slow it down. But secondarily, they need to they need to hit on those shots in the first half. You know, if this if this Northwestern team comes out of halftime trailing, it's going to be very tough for them to win. I don't see them even even having even having a small chance of winning if they don't come out of halftime with the lead with the situation you talked about with the Wisconsin safeties. So they need to go over the top, make Wisconsin pay for those targeting penalties uh, in a meaning relatively meaningless second half against Michigan, uh, and 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 beat them over the top offensively. That's the way they drive the ball down the field. This is an offense that has really struggled, and the, the, an offensive line that is probably going to get beaten pretty consistently by Wisconsin. So if you don't find a way to get those shots, even with pressure in Hunter Johnson's face, maybe designed rollouts, maybe some nice play actions, it's not going to be a lot of success on the offensive end. Defensively, you're going to have to sell out to beat Taylor, and your cornerbacks are just going to have to win one-on-one matchups against the outside. you got to hope that Greg Newsom continues to play well. He's leading the nation in pass breakups per game right now, maybe even – has, has the game of his life on the outside against Cephas, and you got to hope that the other cornerbacks and, and defensive backs are up to snuff because if you don't sell out uh, against the run to try to beat Taylor, he's going to run run rough shot all over you. So that's the that's the only way Northwestern has a chance in this one. Very interesting insight here from Noah Kaufman. Um, that's all the questions I have. I think it was great. It gives us a you know a really good preview of what the Wildcats will bring and, and what they can uh, expect on Saturday. Uh, so Noah, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you're welcome anytime on the podcast. Uh, I don't know if you cover Northwestern basketball as we get into that season. We'll try and uh, have you back on. But for right yeah, now, football season is on my end. So okay, perfect. Northwestern perfect. basketball is not going to be a great year. So well, I'm we actually, pre- come on. But, uh, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, obviously, it'll be a, it'll be exciting time. If you're, it sounds like you're coming up to Madison for the game. Yep, then, there. well, if you get any, any chance, obviously, I hope you enjoy Madison. It's it's a great city, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday.